0: It's so Finance Committee, October yes. 10th. I got it, thank you. And uh, roll call?
1: Yes. Trustee Alada. Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee She-Quinn? Here. Trustee DeVries? Here. Trustee Peterson? Here. We have a quorum.
0: Thank you. Uh, public comment? We
1: have that.
0: Thank you. Um, Am I in the right meeting? Are you in the right meeting? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, people are saving up for the board meeting, then. Uh, minutes.
2: Um, I move uh, with a, um, an amendment. Please. So, um, I was present at the meeting, so it says excused absence, and so, um, and then uh, in all the action items and things, too, if you can correct, me. but the rest of the content is fine. Okay.
0: Have a second on that? Second. All those in favor? Aye.
3: Aye. I. I abstain since I was not there.
0: Okie dokie. Passes. Thank you. Information discussion items uh, B1. Uh, our first report from our new CFO. <laughs> Welcome.
1: Thank you. Here's the agenda. Uh, Today I'm only going to present the August highlights. I don't have a forecast uh, for you or the 12-month rolling forecast. Just two weeks ago we finalized the budget, and we now need to go back and redo our spread. Uh, So I didn't want to um, try to rush that process and have numbers that would move later. Thank you. So I'm going to start with the volume highlights. Um, If you look at the variance there, you can see that we've pretty much got negatives going all the way down the board with the exception of post-acute discharges and uh, physician work RVUs. So our volumes were across the board pretty much uh, down. On the post-acute discharges, because our days are strong, that actually means we're turning patients. That's likely a, a, a nice, a good thing to see. In regard to the physician work RVUs, there, most of that is coming from specialists, specialty visits that are a little more high-intensive. Um, uh, they have more values per visit. So that's uh, also a, a good comment. For the year-to-date, it's really pretty much consistent for the first two months. So the next slide here is the financial highlights here. Uh, good news you can see that our operating income is 2.4 million better than budget uh, that results in a 3.3 percent um, better EBITDA than we had expected. Um, there's really two major variances that this month. One of them is the supplemental revenue. It's 0.8 million under budget. And our expenses are 2.9 better than budget. A um, couple reasons for that. On the supplemental revenue, we're actually accruing based on budget. And as I mentioned earlier, we haven't completed the spread. It's looking like we're off of budget when we really are not. We are actually right on budget, so you'll, you'll see that corrected over the course of the year. In regard to the expenses, those are coming primarily from salaries. Um, with EPIC, we capitalize a lot of the employee salaries because they're being used to roll out this capital, large capital project. And sometimes there's some you know timing issues between you know folks recording things. We also made a lot of uh, changes in the IT departments where we actually classify people. So it made it so that when we capitalized, we underestimated last month, and we had to correct it this month. So uh, here's the more detailed uh, revenue shot. As I mentioned, the uh, uh, supplemental is the biggest variance there. Some of you might ask, well, Kim, I get that your volumes are down, gross revenues down, why is my net patient revenue still look pretty close to budget? Uh, the reason for that is our mix of uh, services, one, but uh, the more accurate response to that is the fact that our shift, our, our payer mix, shifted more towards Medi Cal, and we actually get a blended higher rate for those patients. So that's why you're seeing a, a positive net patient revenue number. We did talk about the supplemental program. Um, already that's the major variance there. So I'll go ahead and move so, to the next slide.
0: Just a quick question. So a shift to Medi-Cal, what's it shifting away from?
1: Medicare mostly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Is that a trend or just a, a month? A it's one off?
1: two months, okay. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to uh, dive into it a little more, take a look at our budget payer mix and compare that and, and do a little more analysis, but that's what we're seeing for the first two months aggregation so here's the more detailed expense numbers here and uh, again the large variance is salaries and wages and we've talked about that most of the others are are pretty small and here's some stats that we put here Um, I have no particular comments On these other than the fact that maybe at some point we can talk about what we show here I want to make sure it's it's a value to everyone Um, and I have some questions about the day's cash and the current ratio here Mm -hmm. but we can maybe take that off Uh, I wanted to point out cash collections because they are down particularly there in August uh, you can see the <coughs> 42,429263 429, 263 there. Uh, that is lower than any number you see above it. Mm-hmm. And if you look across uh, between all of our entities, they're lower in August. July, most of the decrease is in the AHS core. Um, so we are definitely seeing a slowdown in cash collections. Um, as you know, going live with EPIC, we did uh, transfer some of our receivables out to outside vendors, uh, and the uh, collection's been a little slow. Uh, so we are on top of it, and we are getting um, a communication with them to more—I guess I should say—concurrently understand what issues they're having, if they need additional information, or you know, what, why this is slowed. So we're we're working directly with them. Uh, This is something we need to watch.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, So the outside vendors, will we be bringing that collection work back uh, in-house?
1: Likely not, because we we don't want our folks working in two different systems. I mean, EPIC is a completely different world from all of our, we had several legacy systems. I see. uh, And we really want them to learn EPIC and work their role in it. There's lots of work queues in there, and there's lots of different things that different people do. We train them. We don't want them to go back to any old practice. We want them to stay uh, working the way the new workflows have been set up. So at some point, we'll have to make a decision when we're done trying to collect this money, Mm -hmm. and I'm not in a a place today to say (coughs) when that day would be or how long it's going to take. But I know we need to get right on top of those vendors and make sure that our cash does not continue to
0: so theoretically, deal. in a couple of years from now, all of this should have washed through, and we won't be. I sooner.
2: I was taking a very broad, yeah, you know, let's say a
0: year or something, you know, whatever the time frame is. Definitely by a year, uh, but usually just because we look at the uh,
4: the AR days, uh, it's usually rather, you know. Uh, 90-day, 90, 90 120-day sort of cycle, okay. uh, but by year because of just the collectability uh, element of it, I, w- I, w- I would say. Uh, this is a common practice for when you're switching uh, um, uh, AR systems or EHRs where you will outsource the legacy AR so that you can start to focus on uh, getting a really solid bill
0: on your process. Yeah, I guess I, I so that's helpful because I, I I think I understand it now. This is legacy billing, so it's yeah. this is retroactive, 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 right? Okay, but it could go back months. You know, as right. you know, our our, our right. uh, cast collections are
4: <coughs> over a uh, series of months of yeah. uh, outstanding. And up
3: to September twenty eighth. What's up? Is it up to September twenty eighth? Yes, that, like, yeah. that day. Yeah. Anything billed then back is going to go to the Southside Collection Agency. But, uh, up to yeah, yes. yeah. I think that's true. Yes, yeah. that's true.
1: And yeah. we also started outsourcing it a while back right. because we needed our staff to get trained on right. Epic. Right,
4: right. And so
1: that's why I believe we're seeing this.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a gradual kind of uh, uh, tick down, and I think we we identified as, as Kim said we we're on top of it, but we did identify some uh, <coughs> hurdles in that process of working with at least one of the two vendors to get the AR. If I understand correctly, the contracts are on a um, on a percentage of collection sort of basis. Mm-hmm. So they have the incentive to collect more so that right. uh, there's a, a payment. But there may be some other sort of uh, elements to the arrangement. And we're just trying to, as she said, work with them to make sure that they are working those accounts, see what they need. Yeah. And uh, some of them are difficult
0: to collect accounts. Yeah. So it sounds like some of you'll be keeping us up to date on as we move forward.
1: I will, and there, it, it's not simple because you've got you know they have different systems than our system, and sometimes they, you know we want to give them the ability to look into our system if it'll help them follow up on the account or you know correct a, a issue with a potential denial, something like that. So it's it's not a it's not a simple thing to set up, and it's something that you really got to monitor because you know if the collection agency because of their incentives may just want to go go after the easy stuff, right? We right. need them to go after everything.
0: Right. So. Makes sense. Okay. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. So this next schedule here is our receivable account, or net receivable account. Um, it lists out all these different supplemental programs, and you may or may not recall, but last month, we had a slight um, payable, if you will, of $2 million. So this is quite a big shift.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, there is a reason for that. We did uh, two IGTs. One of them was for $21 million for EPP and QIP. Mm-hmm. The other one was for Prime for another million. So that's the biggest chunk of it. And then there were several other just what we do every month where you you know you have better information or you have one more month where you need to accrue additional funds for uh and that occurred in in probably five or six of these other items here but the bulk of it is those two igts and uh uh, some good news on that in october we did get funding so that that's really positive always is yes Mm -hmm. yes in this picture, uh, this is not as a, as a nice a picture as I would like to see. I, you know, we are right up there against that line, and in some cases in the month we're, you know, <laughs> exceeding. So, and at the end of the month we have a slight uh, negative balance. So uh, we've again we need to watch this closely too. From um, my perspective, um, this is like a short term, you know, one year view. Uh, As you all know, we have uh, recoupments that are due that we do not expect we will have to pay in this year, so they're not reflected here. Um, On the good news side, though, you also saw that the net is actually positive, right? So long-term, that's a good picture as long as the organization's EBITDA continues to be uh, positive. Right.
0: So I, I just wanted to make sure I digested that. Uh, we had recruitments that we thought we were going to have to make in, a, in, in uh, FY20, and are you saying now that we don't anticipate having to make that? No, I think she payments? was. No, but, I'm but
2: I'm
4: sorry, I was not. Well, she was, what, <laughs> what I think she was saying was, we we uh, um, have telegraphed that we are unable to do that and remain compliant here. So gotcha. that we're we're it is our hope and expectation that 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 the conversations that we've been having with the county around if and when more likely when than than a if they come due. I'm going so to to wish Yeah, no. I know. What she said? I was like, I'm glad
0: you brought it up because I was like, oh, I'm going to measure it. Yes, <laughs> and everyone else. If <laughs> we do in, uh, have to, then it's like almost 55 million more than, like, more than
2: 125. Than, well, like it's almost our, 180. Well, our, um, I, do I think do
0: you our, case the, case uh,
4: scenario, yeah, our, our rough
2: case
0: scenario, our rough case was The chart that you had in our packet,
1: uh, that was in the letter? I don't think I have it. It was in the report. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about the report page that. Is. It was probably if, in the budget have to pay back, the right? last, uh, yes. at the
0: minutes. So well, oh, no, it was, it was part it, of this report. No, it was I'm part
1: sorry. of the, I think it was part of the, this report? No. Oh, it could or be. are you talking, oh, or maybe it's the You're next, right, it people, I think maybe, yes, you might be talking about this. Yeah, exactly, there you go, exactly. Yeah. Should've just asked
0: you to move forward. Yeah. So this is not assumed in that right we do
1: not think that we will be paying those back in the short term that's what i meant by a short-term view versus Mm. the long-term view right yeah okay
3: there's a question does the um the forecast on the line of credit balance Include the anticipated 23 million from the county. Yes. Yes.
4: Glad you asked that. Excellent. Okay.
3: Which we haven't
4: gotten yet. Right. No, and actually, I wanted to uh, underscore another point that she made. So you heard it. If you can go back to the the, the last slide, the curve. Uh, so these these data points that you see are end of month. Uh, what what you heard her say is during the period of the month you know our, 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 our reimbursement cycle uh, because we're so close to the limit now uh, there are periods where we um, are, are at risk of going over the limit uh, um, the other the good news she shared earlier was she said she was talking about the supplementals and she said we got some of them uh, this month uh, that actually helped us to avoid situation or to get right back into line or a situation where we're going over and we had already started some uh, conversations or at least some outreach to the auditor controller to let them know that we may be at an issue here and and we need some help uh, in a really short-term period Uh, that that was a real risk for us uh, in um, uh, the september october uh, kind of window and as you can see again November, December, when we're we're teetering at the top, there we have that risk again, uh, and we're going to be engaging in or continuing the conversation with them to say, how big of an issue is this for you for it to happen intra month, uh, uh, and what are the options we have to work with you in terms of timing of reimbursement of the IGT the non-federal share float of an IGT and or you know one of the big pieces here the timing of the twenty-three million we tried to now push that out a little bit, knowing that it didn't get approved last week, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but knowing that that's out there, there's a couple of other things out there in terms of like the 46 million or 40, 46, 48, FY28, AB85? 46 million of AB85 that we won't be able to get because until we uh, do uh, both the health pack contract and the modification to the contract, uh, which could be out as far as January, given timing, and then that board is in recess in uh, December. And that becomes this payable to us that helps us to bring this curve down um, uh, that we won't, that's still sitting out there. Is so. that
3: the big drop on 131.20? <coughs> I,
4: I think those are parts of it. Is that right, Anne?
0: Did it get you on record? <laughs> <laughs> have a short-lived.. Yeah, very short.
1: So it's a combination of the 46.7 million for the HPAC contract. plus we are anticipating the GPP program to make a payment of for the second quarter, and that's about 23 million net.
0: Okay, so I just want to, let me try to summarize so you can confirm or correct me again. Mm-hmm. So just looking at this chart, um, the assumption here is no recruitment. It's not, the recruitments are not in this. The, cor- the recruitments are not in the. Cor- and in on. this reality, we are day-to-day having difficulty complying with the net negative balance. Yes. Can okay, we- so... so uh, everyone needs to absorb that mm-hmm. we need to communicate that clearly with our partners of the county for example and other stakeholders and then it gets worse because we go to plant the, the recruitment which is our next slide and yes. I wanted to, to except
3: for this one
1: point of clarity yes there is one recoupment in the current oh, year
0: the
4: F-
1: so we F- are um, processing a payment of $26 million. and I'm sorry that all these numbers in so the $26 million number around. That one
4: is because
0: it's the it's FY17, F-Y-17 AB-85 payment. Gotcha. We so know that that, okay, that so one has, has to go back. We've absorbed one already, but the point being that. We haven't absor- we've put it in the curve to it's absorb. Right. It's, it's, in the the yes, it's, it's in, in the, the assumption. Yes, it's in the assumption. But the others are not. And, and I know other trustees have questions, but I just want <clears throat> to underline this point. So we go to this slide. And uh, uh, I want to understand the three hundred and four uh, million dollar number. Mm-hmm. That is um, the amount we would be against the net negative balance, right? Correct. And that
4: so so um, let me let me, let me say, so that is the uh, the one seventy three of that uh, three hundred four. So the, the three hundred four is a combination of the one seventy three and the one thirty one. The 173 is the total of the four lines before that. So all it does, this does, is calculate what we think is the worst case scenario of the recruitments that we might be exposed to over the next 12 to 18 months. Yes, worst case scenario, we have If they all come due in this year. We don't know when and how much, it's all moving. Then that's what we could be at. What that, this particular curve doesn't, uh, factor in is on the other side of this where she talked about the $30 million and said that, you know, we could be long-range in a better place is we haven't been um, reflected over the course of this year if any of uh, those um, uh, supplemental payments, uh, because of the timing, we don't know the timing yet, so we haven't put them in the curve yet, but if any of the favorable pieces come back to us, over the course of this year, that helps with this, right. but it's not there yet. Right,
2: so because we don't know when it's coming <clears throat> in, we don't have it, and because we don't know when we have to make these out. Exactly. We don't have those the to, so the to timing. date that. Yes. yes,
4: and that's why every month that amount changes when we get greater data uh, about, hey, yes, the state has approved this, or yes, they've given us a, right. uh, a, a, a time that this money that we expect we will get, mm-hmm. and that we've booked in some ways are recognized, mm-hmm. will actually come
0: uh, to us. Okay. And historically, uh, supplementals have been better than we anticipated, so. Yeah, we, we've taken uh,
4: a bit of a conservative approach, and actually mm-hmm. to get to that point too, remember in the budget, um, recall for uh, Measure A, we right. had a, 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 a smaller projection than the county projects. Uh, I think to date, and I haven't seen the last one, uh, the trend has been holding, that's a little bit closer yeah. in line with their projection. We, we wait to see what happens in December and January, because that's been the time where the floor sort of falls out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, if if what happened last year continues to hold up, that is also a thing that would actually lower uh, right. uh, the, the adverse impact we're forecasting right. here. Correct me if I'm saying anything wrong here.
0: You're good. Okay. You're
1: good, yes, okay.
0: <laughs> Any other questions from the trustees about this? This is a very... This yeah. is uh, our bread and butter, if you will. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. I had a question about the cash collection one for <coughs> August uh, 2019. And uh, you said that yeah, it, it definitely is lower. Do you have any estimate about like how much uh, you know lower than looking at August? 18, 2018, we had like significantly higher uh, cash collections then. But even if we were to look at the Dude, You're last
1: sort of looking for a baseline? Yeah, yeah. like what, what are we estimating? So Ann, get from the Ann and I were talking about that. Probably the best way to reflect it would be if, you, if you've got your net, you've got two lines on a graph. You've got your net revenue and you've got your cash collected. So what you would expect to see mm-hmm. is that you would, have cash equal to your net revenue mm-hmm. within, say, three months, however many days you have in AR. 19. And so if over time you're always getting to your you know, your net revenue number, then you know that your estimates are good and you're collecting what you expect. It does not say that you're perfect <laughs> that so at it, but it says your estimates are good. It doesn't mean that you can't do better than meaning to improve denials or do something else on the revenue cycle side. But it's a it's. A, a really good way to know that you're you know, that you're reflecting financial statements that are reality.
3: But there is a significant variance as I look at those months. There's not there's it's not a I mean we were as low as forty four in uh February and in a high of what, sixty-one or sixty? Yeah, so, yeah.
1: typically in healthcare organizations, you you have busier times and not so busy times, and you know you might do uh, certain types of procedures. You know when physicians are here and not on vacation. So there's there's timing differences that can impact your cash flow. That's why it's best to look at your revenue versus your cash collections so it's the drop from 99 percent to 87.9 percent that we're concerned about yes we really this should always you should always get to a hundred percent of your net revenue so that you're we're, to me the best way to know if we've got uh, a problem is if we have not gotten to that hundred percent mark so that's the second bullet that am put right. there for me
3: do you expect moving forward with epic that our collection will be better
1: i think there's some uh revenue opportunities with epic i think that the, just the fact that we're using one system and we can optimize one system and we can get better reporting that our collections will improve okay um,
0: yeah okay. sorry for the interruptions but these are uh, i think the very fundamental question around our net negative balance is <coughs> trying to um, Well, I think what we need to do is just monitor every month very carefully and have a a more public conversation about what's happening there. And solar comments from us. Mm -hmm.
1: Any other questions?
0: Great. Thank you, Kim. You're welcome. You survived your first report to the
1: point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right well in the middle of week three here.
4: Throw <laughs> <laughs> so you right in. Just an epic go-live and a crap load
0: of audits. <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: okay. yes. yes.
0: Power it's outages, it's all sorts of power outages. <laughs> 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 You're
5: uh, Luis. Good. Hello. Wait, wait. Good afternoon.
2: Good
5: afternoon. So I will... Uh, <clears throat> Fighting a little bit of a cold here, so I will I will try to work through this here. But uh, I sound so good now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Mark like, Amy right they're they're now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> I want to keep this <laughs> so okay so a uh, couple of things uh, some some new things that I wanted to share with you also uh, working closely with with Helen who is uh, phenomenal as always but we've put together a slide for you all here just to kind of give you a graphical representation of how we're how we're performing against some of those key initiatives and key goals that we've established and built into our our budget uh, so this here uh, to kind of orient you to the graph uh, as you've looked at it. Uh, on the left side, uh, which is the, the red and, and, and blue, uh, that is indicating uh, on the top, you know, clinic visits related to those additional visits that we had committed to as part of our uh, maternal child health services, uh, as well as uh, optometry visits that we were looking at increasing based on some work that we're doing with the uh, University of Berkeley. Down below. On the same side, you're looking at the additional patient days that we've uh, accounted for and built into the budget as it relates to, that is driven by the number of beds that we're adding at San Leandro. If you recall, part of that project, it, it's the rehab relocation, but a portion of that third floor is an additional 15 uh, acute uh, inpatient telemetry, med- telemetry beds. And so that will uh, increase our number of patient days, and we've built in for that. Uh, and then the last, the last column is on deliveries. And so that was based on the additional deliveries that we're looking at adding uh, throughout the year. When you move over to the right side of the graph, which is the, the blue and orange, uh, that's basically giving you a sense of what our daily volumes are and what, what, what our daily volumes should be continuing on for the rest of the year to make sure that we meet our target. And so this is just, a, again, a, a, I think a quick visual to, to help you. And, and, and it's really guiding us and our teams to make sure that we're, uh, you know, staying honest and, and, and moving forward and really pursuing this aggressively to make sure that we meet our targets that we've established. Okay. And
4: this is, this is something you, you asked for uh, so that, right. of course, it's incorporating all the volume and the other uh, data right. we share with you, just to call it out specifically.
0: Um, yeah, this is, this is very possible. helpful. And I I think it's rough, right? It's rough to see this at this point. And I assume there's a ramp up there is reality behind um, correct most yeah. of these yeah. sort
5: of negative Absolutely. Points. And so, so, so we'll speak to that. Sure. So I will. So again, this was just to kind of orient you to the graph. Uh, but we'll continue to update this on a regular basis. Uh, but in the next slide is where we uh, we captured. And you've seen this one before because I presented this last month. And so uh, this is now giving you a sense of where we're at with every single one of the initiatives. Uh, which, by the way, I will mention that there's one that I don't have in here. And I will make sure we update it for next month. And that's uh, the entire outpatient program if you recall we had initially proposed to consolidate our programs we uh, shifted from that and instead of consolidating the programs we decided to evaluate each program and we're right sizing them to the appropriate volume specifically here at Highland right okay so I'll provide an update on how we're doing with that as well I, I didn't include it in this one so my apologies the intensive outpatient program IOP okay so I'll, I'll add that like I said for next month uh, but in this one, uh, you, know, not, you know, I'm not going to go through every single one of them, but this here gives you a sense of where we're at and our strategy for each one of them, uh, to, to the point that uh, Trustee Shea Quinn made. Uh, optometry, we had a ramp-up period, and as you can see, we've got some providers that we're bringing in, working closely with the University of Berkeley, and so they won't start till January. So when we, when they come in in January, that will then, you know, we'll start seeing how we could uh, ramp them up, bring in, and, and, and incorporate, you know, those visits into their templates to make sure that we can get back on target. As it relates to uh, the primary care clinic visits, uh, I know Dr. Bavaria and and, and her team, uh, Catherine Horner, are working uh, closely with their providers, and I will even get into that a little bit further into the presentation, but essentially what we're looking at is um, how we're managing our templates right now, how we're looking at over-scheduling in some areas to account for some of our no-show rate, things of that nature. So we're working through that. As it relates to the labor deliveries and the outpatient women's visits, uh, where we have a meeting coming up here soon, we did have a ramp up period for that, where we wanted to make sure that we continued those discussions and, and dialogue with UCSF. Uh, as you recall, that was the whole impetus for this whole process of their oversubscribed, and we're looking at bringing some of those over here. Um, so there's uh, some, there's some you know branding and and uh, and marketing and things of that nature. So we had a ramp up period for that beginning October, but. We want to make sure that we stay focused on this. And so what you will see in coming months is, you know, the on the issues list, as you see right now, there all of them say none at this time uh, through August. But uh, I can assure you that we will be uh, bringing to your attention any concerns or any bumps that we have on the road that we want to make sure that we are working together to make sure we're moving these things forward. Okay and then the last thing I'll point out here is uh, I do have a misstatement that's the very last statement uh, I, uh, I recall that we had this is the one-time payment from the county for behavioral health services for 23 million uh, I recall it was on the agenda and we had you know had some other conversations uh, obviously things have, have uh, transpired since then and so there's been some changes so that's that's not correct uh, that's still a work in progress and we'll hopefully get that finalized year at some point in the very near future.
2: Okay. So, um, if we see, uh, I was just tying that to the, the anesthesia contract that for uh, was that the anesthesia? Al- island, anaesthe- or, uh, island anesthesia.
5: Island anesthesia. Island
2: is for Alameda Hospital. Right?
5: Island anesthesia specific yeah. for just A-
2: Alameda Hospital, Alameda Alameda Hospital. Hospital correct? But the the MRI CT thing was for 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 the, for the, the um the MRI contract. The mobile. The mobile one. So if. We are increasing the um, the surgical procedures in in San Diego Hospital, and then opening up the third floor, like the complement of beds that have been closed for this time. Do you still anticipate like the same amount of coverage for for MRIs and things, or do you think like it's still like going to be two days a week, or one day a week, or something? So, uh, uh, you know. Uh, shouldn't it progressively be a little bit more if you're going to see surge of patients from surgical patients, transfer patients from here, from Highland to San Leandro, and also uh, their own patients because you're here at QPSC, that they have, you know, it's not just the transfer from here that will bring their census up. They have the capacity to get that up again,
5: at when it's up and running. So Yeah. So so at this point so yes, so to answer your question, so I mean a lot of this is still a work in progress in the sense of how we're looking at shifting volume over to San Leandro and how we're looking at our surgeries and how we're leveraging some of our our key assets across the system. Uh, for now, based on what we're doing and what we're forecasting in the very near future, the MRI uh, contract with that will be later on on the agenda, That the number of days that are allocated for Alameda and San Leandro are appropriate. Uh, the vendor is certainly very open to increasing uh, that, that, uh, that volume, and if we do, then they are more than happy to bring in the unit uh, uh, more days a week, but for now, two days a week at uh, San Leandro, three days a week at Alameda is very appropriate. Okay. <clears throat> so, but just before we move on, I just,
0: this is really helpful. I think uh, it's too early to actually yes. uh, lead us to concern or celebration. Uh, yes.
5: But uh, it. It's, it's the right tool, I think. Yeah, perfect. So I want to thank you for... Perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the feedback. We want to make sure that we stay on top of this. Trust me, this is... There's a lot of work going on behind the scenes, and, and, uh, and this is not going to be an easy task. We're going we're gonna to have to work really hard. Uh, we're already in October. And so, you know, we we need to make sure that we're moving this ahead. So next month, like I said, we'll probably see some other areas where we want to bring to your attention some of the work that's happening. But there are some realities and some bumps that we're having to deal with, and we're going to work through those. right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I, I, in this, uh, I'm not going to go through all of these because you've seen it in the report. But I do want to highlight a couple of uh, key points here on on uh, population health. One of the biggest drivers here for the negative variance is resulting from outside medical services. As you're aware, we have you know a responsibility to care for patients, mostly you know all the HVAC patients that come to our facilities. When they require services we do not provide, we send them out to other sites. And so what what's reflected here is really kind of the end of the year impact of you know those other entities sending us all the invoices for all that work and so it was captured and we see it here on this month and so it resulted in that large variance of about 250,000 there, so, uh, which is really covers the entire variance for their entire operation for this month. Okay, provider delivery continues to perform well. Uh, ambulatory, as, as, I, as I shared, as you saw in the previous slide, we're really focusing and honing, honing down on this. Uh, looking at Eastmont Primary and Specialty Care, as you can see, uh, is the largest contributor to these variances and so uh, we're, we're doing a lot of work to, to focus on you know not only recruiting and bringing in providers which we have one that started here in September uh, and we're actively recruiting for that second vacancy that we've had we've had a few uh, few providers that have transitioned out yes sir
3: is that the deal it's, is that a what Eastmont's considered consistently been down <clears throat> is that is that it just a uh, missing providers it has
5: been Yeah, Eastmont's been. We've we've been challenged with that, and we've had some difficulties in recruitment and trying to bring in providers. And so, we've had a hard time in Eastmont, and you know that's the largest clinic we have, uh, not only from a footprint perspective, but you know also from volume. And so, uh, you know, having some physicians out due to various reasons, leaves of absence, and things of that nature, plus those active recruitments that are going on, it's been it's been an area of focus for us.
3: Do we lose <clears throat> patients to the to the uh, CHCM?
4: Um, So, actually, um, is not here. We've been looking at this uh, overall, and uh, Dr. Apollon could speak to this as well. Uh, Medi-Cal volume is is down. Uh, Medical enrollment, I should say, is down and declining, and it seems to be somewhat consistent, at least uh, when we look at it across um, uh, the county and the state, actually. And so uh, I don't think we, we haven't been able to conclude, actually, that we're losing any volume. We're, as a part of the sort of percentage of lives that we have, uh, from from uh, at least our main pair, it looks to be about the same. Uh, the decline has been uh, with us as it has been with others. Our decline hasn't been as much, so it actually looks like we're sort of on a relative basis retaining, uh, but that, that variance is not that great. And, for, and of course there's ebb and flow that, that those aren't the same people, because there are people coming in, there are people going out, and there are people switching uh, uh, medical homes. Uh, so there could be some of that in the mix, uh, but on balance, it looks like we are actually still, from a sort of percentage of the lives, uh, just about where we were before, with a little bit of uh, increase the last time we looked at it. So, so I don't think we have a definitive <coughs> shift in any direction.
2: It's interesting to hear from Dr. Bavaria, because I know when the ambulatory redesign was happening, at that time, we felt that the primary uh, care estimates and things would be easy to achieve. It's the specialty care where we'll be struggling to get our budgeted numbers. And now, month after month, we are seeing that on the specialty care, we seem to be doing, we are closer to budget, but it's the primary care where the variance is higher, where we just can't keep meet our budgeted numbers. Mm-hmm. Isn't that,
1: for um, so the all I think
2: last, I think last I think three, think, yeah. four months, it's been like, uh, Specialty we are doing that, but not for the primary, and I wonder why yeah
4: I, th- I think that's uh, uh fair I, I can't remember from actually what yeah, actually yeah, I place. mean you know even
5: looking at last year, I mean I, you know, actually uh primary care has actually been going up. They've outperformed year over year. It's specialty care where we've had some challenges. And so, but, you know, looking at it here, I mean, for these two months in, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're certainly, I yeah. Mean, well, for, we're, overall, yeah. yeah. For, but, but
6: since we've moved care. into capitation and in the primary care, isn't there the correlation between the visit volume and the revenue is no longer linear right. as it was?
7: Correct. That's correct.
6: Where but the again, specialty but, it still is, I mean. Yes, still
5: fee-for-service. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, but we're still tracking to making sure that we're, ma- you know, managing to our volumes because that's what's really informed and driven uh, the key performance indicators for our budget development every year. So I, you're absolutely correct. But and
4: we have uh, indicators in our <coughs> capitated contract around, you know, uh, primary care visits. So uh, per, uh, uh, per per member per year visit. So I think the average we were trying to achieve is two, two or three. I think it's two. And... Uh, uh, we're we're not quite there, uh, and and so there's there's no incentive for us to although it's, there's no uh, complete tethering anymore between the actual visit and the payment. Uh, there is a. Um, Target for performance
2: in that respect, but we're not,
5: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I think uh, I, I heard you say to your point, I will certainly have a conversation with uh, Dr. Bavaria in the and last three months. I yeah.
2: think overall over the year, definitely to to. that redesign did. But I will
5: get with it. her and I will have her come and share some yeah. information uh, with the committee to you know kind of give you an update on all the work that they're doing here. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned in this last uh, in this other slide, when we're looking at the financials, obviously with the lower volumes, they're managing expenses as well. So, I, I, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that's one of the things I'm always looking at very. Closely with all the SBUs and all the leaders is that you know, if volumes are down, I want to make sure that at least you're flexing down appropriately, so your expenses aren't up and your volumes are down. And then we have a really big problem. It's the math, right? So, so, but uh, again, as you can see here, they're actively working to overbook and group visits and walking visits, and so you know they're doing some of that, some of those efforts. But I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that they're available to have some further discussion around this. Okay, and then uh, looking at the acute volumes, a, a, you know, not really consistent with what uh, Kim mentioned earlier. I mean, we're seeing some, you know, the strong activity really in the post-acute, uh, and and uh, as as expected. And, and Richard does a phenomenal job there, managing uh, all those areas and and really moving those patients through uh, the system and getting them back to the community. Um, and then here uh, as far as our expenses uh, again a relatively good job of managing uh, salaries and wages where you see the largest difference it's about you know obviously 100 percent difference was in registry remember this is august go left was september all the training occurred in august and so that's largely driven by the fact that so uh, that was captured as an operational expense. All the training, if you recall, was not capitalized and it was captured at the unit level. So managers were accountable and responsible for making sure that they were scheduling their staff accordingly and that they were trying to bring in and leverage registry as best as possible, minimizing the impact. So, But that's the driver there that you see and what's causing that uh, that variance. Okay. And then behavioral health, uh, we've been, you know, we see here we've got uh, uh, patient days has been higher. Our average daily census has been back on target, back to 100%, where we've been. We've continued to be very busy. Where we see the greatest impact, and we continue to see that impact month after month over the last several months, is in our emergency visits. And so, as as we've discussed before, this is largely driven by the uh, challenges that we've had at PES with high census and the result of Uh, having to go on census holds. And so when we go on a census hold, uh, because of acuity, because of number of patients, because of staffing, because of all the different variables that activate the plan, then we're looking at, you know, patients are held at the other, at the community hospital EDs. And so as a result, our patient visits in the the ED are reflected low. Mm -hmm. So we're actively working through that. As you have heard me share in the past, you know, due Uh, many other issues that we've had at John George and some of the regulatory visits. There's been a tremendous amount of work in really revamping and transforming the care delivery model out there at John George. And so I've been spending a lot of time out there with the team, and we've been working on making sure that not only we address those issues that we presented as part of our plan of correction for those previous incidents, but we're also making sure that they're properly shored up to ensure that with this transition into EPIC and some of the changes that have occurred with that, that none of those issues kind of fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of work out there, and as a result, we've had some, some issues with <laughs> the census holds a higher number than we would like to see.
0: So we we had leadership change in that area. We did. Uh, what uh, uh, – stop going in great detail. Just wondering what the
5: interim plan is. Ah, good question. So, so, so the interim plan – so as you know uh, – Karen Tribble, who was the CAO, transitioned. She's now with uh, the county, behavioral health care services. And then our, in fact, uh, the director of nursing uh, also transitioned and took a position in, in Texas uh, at Parkland Hospital. Okay. And so uh, what, I, what we've done in the immediate, actually, immediately after Karen transitioned, I stepped in to provide that administrative oversight of the facility. Uh, when we had our transition of our Director of Nursing, I then engaged Janet McKennis, who is our C CAO of Acute Services and CNE, and she 's been providing that immediate oversight we 've equally had strong support from quality uh, Dr. T- uh, Tamdir Hussein. Uh, and his entire team have been really involved and instrumental in providing guidance, providing training, providing support, and also doing audits of making sure that all of the activities that we've committed to in our plan of corrections are being adhered to. And so we have a very strong contingent of support in that area. And then here most recently with the launch of EPIC, uh, we've had a very strong uh, uh, group of people supporting. Uh, the efforts for uh, making sure that the staff are understanding what's happening, they understand the system, and really to the point because we have to make so many adjustments and changes that were in alignment with the plan of corrections, we actually developed a very comprehensive checklist and our elbow support and the staff coming in from EPIC to ensure that they were leveraging the system properly. They, we, we took, a, diff- <laughs> took a different approach to instead of going into up to staff and saying, how you doing, is everything okay, do you have any questions, to a, an approach which was more of a return demonstration to say, here's a checklist, here's the, CC, uh, the, the Columbia Suicide Scale screening assessment, where do you find that? Mm-hmm. And they have to find it and demonstrate that they can show that, and if they can't, then we'll train them, and then we'll have them, okay, now you show me how you get to that, and then check. And so we're doing these competencies to make sure that they have a really good thorough understanding of how they're accessing the data and how we're managing those aspects of the plan of corrections. Well, that
0: was a more detailed explanation. But helpful. <laughs> well, uh,
5: a, lot of, a lot of work happening
0: out there. We just want to give you. Uh, you uh, it does sound uh, a little sense. overwhelming from a managerial perspective. Hey, 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 I appreciate you make, jumping in. I was, was going to say
4: you didn't mention hand. the
2: uh, the so, you
5: know. Yes, short term. Yeah, no, I, I had finished, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I have finished. There's still a lot more, but no. You know <laughs> no, you know what? That, that's what we do, and. Uh, But I would, uh, and so on top of that, uh, so one of the things that uh, I've done is uh, I've engaged working closely with our human resources department, and so we've got an interim, we've identified an interim director of nursing that will be starting on uh, November 11th. Right. And so we've been actively also interviewing and working through that process. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I I think it's been great. Uh, you know, I always enjoy the opportunity of really getting deep in the weeds of what's going on and and providing support. But we we do have a, a plan to bring a leader in that will help Janet give us some additional bandwidth to make sure she's got other areas she's responsible for um, and we'll continue to provide that I I will continue to provide that administrative oversight long term uh, Dalvecchio Dr. Jamal and myself we've been looking at um, what our long-term strategy and what our long-term plan is and what that framework and structure will look like so that's still conversations that we're having uh, but for now you know I'm uh, you know, taking all over, obviously, the, the accountability and responsibility of that as part of my division, as well with the support of all those entities that I mentioned. Yeah,
2: And I must come to Luis's defense because we've been speaking in QPSC so much about um, John George and the fact right. that just during the time of the yeah, departure of the, um, after the administrative leader also coincided with the uh, improvement right. plans, so uh, Dr. Tony Vernay and Lee and um, uh, Janet and uh, there's just been such a, uh, you know presence of all of these leaders that you have to kind of give that context, right? It's yes. just, they've <laughs> yeah. been there the entire been September. Been September I, like, I, uh,
0: yeah, I think
4: this might be the first time this week I've seen physically seen Louise uh, because he's been over.
0: Yeah, <laughs> are, are you getting any kickback from the um, the emergency? We emergency don't get rate? any kickback.
2: Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Right any 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 feedback,
7: negative feedback from uh, other
0: hospitals in the system where their emergency rooms are having to hold um, yes yeah
5: It's been challenging, and so we've been trying to be very proactive in communicating, uh, recognizing that oftentimes the greatest uh, impact is on our own facilities. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell you, for example, this morning I was at John George, and we had six 5150s waiting at San Leandro. They've only got 13 beds. So if I've got six 5150s, half of their beds are being occupied by someone that needs to come over to John George. And so... I've been working with the team to, to make sure that we're managing that very effectively, that we're not implementing census holds, you know, inappropriately. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've you know inserted myself to where I need to be notified and I want to understand the rationale and all that stuff. So there, there's a lot of work happening in that area. And so, you know, we want to be very sensitive to those EDs. Uh, but the largest impact really is in our own facilities. Sure, sure. Uh, do you have
0: any, any sense of whether it's just a lack of Mm-hmm. beds in the system or
5: um, well uh, yeah, yeah I mean I think yeah. we've always we've always yeah. uh, said that yeah. I mean you know that our census is at hundred percent you yeah. saw yeah. so, yeah. so it, it's
6: I'm sorry what about the piece of the 5150 being able to be at San Leandro and at Alameda that's a new change and of them being able to des- or accept 5150 patients
2: no, 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 all, they've always was about, it's about yeah. placing
4: and yeah. lifting 5150. Yeah. said so that's a designation yeah. that the county has to be able to give to you, uh, and that's often why if a 5150 patient goes to a community hospital, uh, that they uh, would still, uh, unless they've gotten designation to lift it, they'd still have to come to John George and be seen by a psychiatrist. Yeah. Uh, have that ability. Right, so that.
5: so yes, yeah, so exactly, so mm-hmm. so remember the, the, the recent uh, approval or designation was for uh, San Leander and Alameda to be able to live Hello. 5150 right. for the support of a psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh. What's happening correct. is correct. those patients correct.
2: Correct. need further
5: their intervention correct. and need to come to John George. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, because we are providing, and we have a psychiatrist that goes to those sites to do those consultations and visits, but they have to come back.
0: So do you have any um, any sense on the criminal? How much the criminal justice population is impacting this?
5: Um, I, I don't have a yeah. sense uh, yeah. of that. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. don't uh, I don't think that it's it's those specifically at the at the community EDs. Uh, they're no, no I'm thinking John George. Yeah, no, oh, well we've had we've had quite a. I mean it's been very busy. Our forensic unit, which is Unit B, yeah. um, it, it's been very busy, and we've had quite a few patients from Santa Rita. So I'm, I'm going to pull us back because yeah. I, I have about five questions, too, but they're
0: not finance related. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I think we need to stay a little bit within our our boundaries. I, I, would, I would suggest to staff it might be good to have a more uh, in-depth conversation about this area of services sure. at the full board meeting uh, because it's coming up uh, in quality and it's, um, quite frankly, I think a system in crisis. It relates to... Uh, Alameda County's management of homelessness, of um, special needs, of acuity, of lack of enough crisis residential beds in our system. Uh, We have one of the highest 5150 rates in the state. Uh, And uh, it's a whole crisis. The uh, whole system is in crisis, and we're uh, sort of in the middle of it trying to cope. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's not so much a finance discussion, though there are financial ramifications. It really does uh, warrant having a much uh, deeper dive on this.
4: I would support that, and we'd be more than happy to if you want to advance it as a uh, board discussion topic. Um, We actually, um, and we'll be talking tomorrow about uh, the board agenda and the retreat agenda, and uh, the retreat agenda because there's some things that we wanted to present look somewhat sparse now, and so this could uh, probably be a good topic for us to pull together to look at several elements. The behavioral health contract piece that we're actually ramping up to work on, but then the utilization piece and operational piece, uh, it would be timely too, because from the quality uh, perspective, we are expecting that in the coming weeks, uh, we're we're in that window, as you remember from the, Uh, the regulatory entities that we have until November, I want to say 15th or somewhere there, about to get to demonstrate uh, compliance, and that's where we're all of November third. So we wow. we know that this is going to be happening. Obviously, we're talking a lot there. We could give you kind of a really robust that, picture that of all great. the work that's happening Maybe there. We appreciate that. So understand that.
0: Thank okay. You. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Back
4: to
5: you. No, that, that's all I had. I was, okay. just, that was everything else you have in your packet. I'm yeah. happy to answer any questions you may have outside of those that we great. discussed. But those were the highlights yes. of those I wanted to bring to your attention. Are there other questions for Mr. Fonseca? <coughs>
3: I mean, I know it's only been two weeks, but how's it going with Epic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, we should,
0: we need to stay brand.
4: I mean, how's it going, with Sapphire? There we go. Thank uh, you. you. We, we invested a lot in our branding. Uh, uh, no, just kidding. You want uh, to? You, uh, no, no. You can, you can, you can ask. It. Just uh, speak both uh, to to what you can for, for both clinical and for the purpose of this rough cycle too, uh, which maybe both of you can
5: uh, shed some light on. Specifically on uh, from EPIC. So just to give you an update, so over the last T plus Sapphire, <laughs> uh, our Sapphire uh, system. Uh, so we are at, uh, what is it, T plus like 13 or something? I uh, think you know, today, yeah, they're doing their call. right now, their yeah. wrap-up call. We, we have uh, high level recognizing the magnitude of this project and recognizing the amount of work that went into this. It's gone extremely well. We've identified some issues, uh, as, as we would have expected, uh, but I will tell you that we've had a very strong contingent and support from not only Epic from uh, Wisconsin, but also other contractors that have come in to support uh, our team and our staff. Uh, a lot of the work tickets and a lot of the work effort that's coming in Uh, to address some of these clinical uh, issues that are identified in the sense of what's, you know, something's missing in the system or something needs to be added or something needs to be moved or all those things are happening almost real time. Mm -hmm. And so we're, you know, we're receiving lots and lots of tickets. I mean, at the last uh, updated report, you know, we had received over, you know, 7,000 tickets of issues and more than... Uh, almost 70% of those had already been closed and addressed and taken care of. So, I mean, again, a lot of work happening, and uh, the command center uh, initially was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, You know, many of us spent, you know, just as many hours, you know, in our facilities and touring all the sites and visiting the sites and working and checking in on staff, and, you know, the excitement is, is palpable. Uh, the staff is enjoying and, and really uh, adapting to the system. They're getting better and better every single day. Uh, we're starting to see some efficiencies. And equally, we're starting to see things that we just would have never seen until we
3: mm-hmm.
5: have this mm-hmm. robust uh, structure in place. And so now we're like, what? you were doing what? And so, yeah. Was, you know, uh, so, so we're, we're yeah, we're, we're working through those and and addressing them, and so making sure that people stay true to to the, to the system itself and not deviate back to some of those old workarounds and things like that. So it's really been adherence and following up. Uh, so that's been great. Uh, uh, from a, from a revenue cycle perspective, I mean, there's been a tremendous amount of work. There's calls every single day, and I'm very, very, very pleased to say that uh, our our leaders uh, from a hospital billing perspective they have done a phenomenal job and and really embracing and taking ownership you know we, you know leading up to the go live you know my 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 comments to the team was you got to treat your unit like your own franchise it's your business you've got to make sure that you're collecting that you're doing everything that you're documenting properly that you're you know ever cap- capturing all of the you know the efforts that are being put out to provide care and so They've really done a good job. And so those calls happen every single day. They're they're staying on target with their baselines. Now our goal is to outperform those baselines, and so they're doing really really good work in the physician billing side. We've got some some work that we need to do uh, where we're following up and looking at the process itself as far as how you know the physicians you know complete their work and how they close encounters to where then how we then come back and and provide that support from a coding and and uh, billing perspective. And so there's a lot of effort. There's a team that's focused on that over the last several days, but again equally making good strong progress in those areas and uh, I don't know if Kim you want to add anything else
1: or that was well said Um, probably the one comment I want to add or emphasize is the fact that folks are taking ownership and that's the way to be successful so you know at this point you know we're we're right on track Um, it's early Uh, But I've been amazed, actually, at, at all the great work going on and all the great attitudes, you know, when people get tired and when they've been working lots and lots of hours, things can get tight. When you got an issue and you can feel a lot of pressure, and yep. folks are working
0: together. So it's really nice to see. I saw, I saw some leaders
4: dancing, actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, just September, yeah. I know, that, that was not as well. We got a message from uh, the Epic Project lead at Seattle Children's Hospital saying uh, that they loved all of our social media posts and they, they, they were using them to motivate their own team. Oh, great. And they said, we even showed you a video. And I was like, oh, wow. It's <laughs> not good. I was like, corruption. No one was missing their chance at America's Got Talent.
2: Because
4: uh, I don't know that we do. Uh, one other piece that you would uh, really appreciate around this, uh, my chart. It's the patient portal. So we're 12 days in. Uh, and this is this is I know dated because now I'm in and my daughter's in as of last night. But up till two days ago, we had 40 486 people already setting up their patient portal accounts. Uh, 7,098 accounts were pending activation, meaning they they have the code and we're just getting them to the work through. 22 people have already scheduled appointments online. And you can't schedule an appointment online until you've had a visit, because you have to do it as a That's follow-up right. visit. Okay. So 22 people have already done that. We've had um, uh, 159 mobile uh, logins, ins and um, over uh, 500 uh, 500 progress notes shared via this portal so (coughs) you can actually see their information Uh, and then there was some other data too around people actually how much they're starting to actually communicate with their provider uh, uh, through the system as well so and people are in and are using it I can see my own like, lab history. i signed sign my daughter up and see she has a dental appointment on November 1st. Because she has an appointment, I can actually communicate with her team and actually uh, mm-hmm. schedule appointments for her as well. So it's, it's like, welcome to the new world. How many logins were you? You know what? Alex okay. marked that. One. We were like 5,000, and he's like, yeah, I did like 4,000 of them. The <laughs> no, no, no. People, people are they're using it. So, are you
3: marketing so. that, that, that user uh, portal? Uh, yes. as they come in or is yes. just getting out proactively it can't until they come in
4: for an appointment uh, it's both actually uh, The most of it is the uh, sort of the human touch when they come in for the appointment because then uh, that sort of triggers a specific activation code they get but we're also now starting to push out that people can, it, it's the way I did it because I haven't had an appointment, you can go into the My uh, dot, dot org I think it is or dot .com and then you um, you request a, 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 a code and then it allows you to sign up so we're doing both and uh, at the
3: primary clinics are we having admin folks tell people this yeah. like I mean we've actually I didn't tell
4: you the the, 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 the not so positive note we've had 2300 patients marked as decline meaning they've either said and we're trying to delve into that like thanks but no thanks or maybe they said I don't want to do it right now and we're trying to make sure right. yeah, that we understand that and we're working through people but but that's that's where part of that is yeah we're actually when they're there we're promoting it we have um, we have uh, posters all around the place saying you can actually you now access your records online. You can use it to communicate with your doctors, see lab results, and things like that.
0: The incentive
4: to do it so as well. Oh yeah, there is an incentive uh, connected to it as well. I forgot what it was. Uh, I wasn't involved. I think it's like Target.
0: Opportunity gift
4: card. Yeah, it's a different gift, um, gift no. card type of um, thing. Yeah. So yeah. I should try just, to see if I can get one. Yeah,
6: I was just curious, <laughs> just in terms of thinking about. Um, I guess provider burnout and things like that, like what are the expectations on providers in right. terms of responding to these messages? Are those expectations clear? And just all the related liability concerns with delays in responding and
4: responding? Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're we're, we're kind of wa- doing one of these let's watch and see kind of approaches I mean the, the biggest thing uh, with provider communication within the system has been secure uh, messaging between providers so you know, nurses to doctors and vice versa or to residents or to one another and so that's been the thing where we're making sure people have the right uh, visibility and that they're responding and that when people don't respond particularly when you're talking about something that requires a response that people don't just sit back and wait that they would do this just like they would do any other time like if you paid somebody they were in responding, you keep escalating uh, so we have that and so far we haven't had any issues but this could be a, as it ramps up and the volume increases something that we'll have to uh, mm-hmm. monitor and be careful about okay. but we're also looking at like the timeliness of
0: those responses as well. yeah. yeah
5: but but uh, aside from that just very quickly uh, you know you're absolutely right with something that we'll have to continue to monitor and I know that uh, Dr. Bavaria and, and Dr. Jamani are looking at that but one, of, I wish Dr. Jamalian was here because I I was just talking to him one day, uh, you know, one of these evenings, and, and he was just he was just showing me. Oh, he, he was on his iPad, and he's all like, "Oh, I can even do it on my phone if you want." And I'm all like, "Oh, sure." He was on haiku, and you know, and then and really looking at his portal, looking at his patients that were scheduled for the next day, looking at their entire history. He goes, "Look, look, this patient was at John Muir, and here's his notes." I mean, it was so awesome. Just love it. He's showing you the notes <laughs> for the record. And that's where they were <laughs> and so again these are just just yeah. the excitement <laughs> no 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 the excitement the excitement around it and the fact that now through epic care link and the fact that we have access to all this information all this data it's just it's just phenomenal
4: yeah i, I was out at um Eastmont, the first day we went live and dr swift uh has her clinic over there and she was uh relaying this story that she had a patient scheduled that day and the patient uh, either went to um, AltaBase or some other site and said she had just had some x-rays done. And she was like, hang on. And she put up and was like, I found
3: it. <laughs> so obviously
4: yeah, mean, she could talk to her about it there was a situation where she had to fax a request and hope that it showed up before right. the patient left or have to follow up with the patient via phone call. And it's, a, it's been a lot of that. We had another doctor, one of our OB docs, um, who worked up a patient, I think, out at Hayworth uh, for a procedure she had to do here. And she was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Remark. Right. It worked. Like she got here, and it was there, and the patient's information was there. So they, a lot of those successful. for folks. Sorry. Yeah, and they're and they're helping to get over the the challenges that people are incurring. So so uh, one of the residents said to me like, we know that we're making an investment now that will be paid dividends. Like right. we still have to get over hurdles and fix things, but they they see. They see it. I said I couldn't have said it better. That's it. We got to get through this so that we can we can get. Those to this. are the most uh,
0: compelling stories. The stories uh, yeah. when we were considering the question of spending the yeah. millions and millions and millions of dollars that the system is costing us. Uh, the stories that involved uh, not being able to refer patients yep. effectively,
4: oh, or patients being having to carry around all their charts, right? And right. Records there was a patient told a story about she <laughs> was her <laughs> own medical records. She said, <laughs> right.
0: okay.
5: yeah.
2: "How long does the elbow support kind of continue? Um, that that kind of like." one-to-one not one-to-one but
5: close close yeah great great question uh it's uh so that's something that we're we're monitoring very closely and and i know that in some areas we've already made some adjustments and we're going to continue to make adjustments but we're anticipating that we're going to continue to have some support for the you know at least you know the initial four to maybe six weeks uh, of the process Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that everyone feels really adapting and comfortable to it so uh, but again some areas you know you have There's just variances, right? Uh, There's some variability. I mean, there's some early adopters and people that just get on it real quickly. And so we've been able to ramp down in some areas Mm -hmm. and shore up others. And Mm so we're working through that. But for the next four to six weeks, we're going to have continue to have some support.
0: Okay, great. Thank
5: you. Great. I'm going to move us on um,
0: to action items, discussion. These are contracts. (coughs) C1 is, uh, great, Uh, Island and Anesthesia Associates.
7: Okay, um it really quickly. Um, hopefully it's relatively straightforward. This is the proposed renewal of the agreement for anesthesia services at Alameda Hospital provided by um, Island Anesthesia. Um, I think it's relatively self-explanatory um, with regards to coverage. It's 24-7 with a component that's on site. The balance is on call. Um, we use this to staff all three of our ORs so that we can provide services as required. Um, we're looking at a proposed two-year renewal. Um, Essentially, the services are staying unchanged from what the current mechanism is. Um, There is one element that I tried, and maybe I didn't do the best job in the actual summary, to describe the mechanism for compensation. This isn't just straight compensation. There is an income guarantee mechanism. I couldn't actually recall if we had ever described this before to the Finance Committee in a prior situation, so I wanted to try to explain. So there were two elements in here, and that is a relatively long, wordy description of me trying to do the equivalent of what my math teachers always said, which is show your work. Mm -hmm. And then the actual table, which is this is the actual set of numbers. What I can say is that we're looking at essentially we guarantee them a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. That determination is made based on a fair market value assessment, which gives us a range that for the basis amount of work that we're asking them to do, that is the fair market range, so it's legal. We then choose a value from that. That turns into the income guarantee through negotiations. That's $1.854 million in this case. So that's the total value they will get, no more no less. They are, however, in this agreement, allowed to bill and retain their own pro fees. So whatever they can, they keep that. Then we pay them a stipend on a monthly basis. that's the equivalent of a salary that, say, I or someone else as a standard employee would get. We then make sure in a reconciliation process at the end of the year that we look at this is how much you're supposed to have gotten, 1.854. This is how much we have paid you in those flat salaried installments, the stipends, and we take that away. And then we're like, okay, how much do you get in pro fees? So they actually have to give us, as part of the reconciliation process, the pro fees that they have accrued. The, we then do the reconciliation. If after all the stipends that we have paid them, plus the pro fees that they have themselves gotten, they have not quite reached the income guarantee, that balance is owed by us, and we pay it. If the flip side happens and their profilhy collections exceed what the expectations were because our stipend is a flat amount that doesn 't vary, then they could actually have to pay us at the bottom line though, at the end of the reconciliation process, they have exactly what we have guaranteed they income guarantee is there any incentive for them to uh you know, make their numbers or go beyond their numbers? Actually, I don't believe there is anything particular. Um, I think that they probably want to have an intrinsic incentive to realize the monies right now as opposed to waiting for the reconciliation process 12 months later, you know, a burden in hand versus two in the bush kind of thing. So to the degree that cash is king, they would probably be driven fundamentally by that. But no, there's no particular mechanism that would incentivize them, if you will, to say, if you crank up your pro collections, there's some way to do that. We'd end up probably having to pay them in some format for that. Um, but that's the answer at this point. Thanks.
4: That is actually we were talking yeah. about this a little bit earlier today. Yeah. That is the uh, uh, challenge with uh, contracts of this nature, which is why where we have been able to uh, we've been Moving <clears throat> people away from this and doing either assignment of collections uh, so that we can then uh, um, uh, Have greater control over that and or obviously trying to move away from uh, As many contracted uh, relationships as possible to change that relationship
6: yeah.
2: You explained it well in the contract.
0: Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I, I tried on that one you. What 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 is the mechanism for reconciliation? How does that uh, what's that process look like?
7: Okay, what will happen is that through the end of the contract year in question, um, we will take a look back at the 12 months prior invoices. That will have the stipend that we paid them, and so we can calculate that on a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. essentially. We then critically have to reach out to them, the Group Island in this case, and we're like, okay, we're doing reconciliation. Can you please provide us the profi collections for the time period in question? Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that's actually germane here is there's lag time in the yeah. amount of time it takes from a yeah. bill dropping before you get whatever your collections are and there's like a waterfall account and so basically you start out with a big amount and then over time say after six months you've gotten just about every last drop you can get so we usually have that lag time built in so I think the contract is starting 11-1 it would end 10-31 it would probably be sometime in May that we would say okay we've given them ample time to realize the maximum of those receivables mm-hmm. so then we have got the the ample amount, because if we understate their receivables, then it looks like artificially they haven't made that much, and then we have to kick up too much, yeah. so we want to wait until we. We've matured the account, shall mm-hmm. we say. Mm-hmm. And so that's the mechanism at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And we just work back and forth, and then that's how it works. And your staff does that, or is it? My staff does that. Yeah. that, yes. They work collaboratively with the business office of the group in question, and that's how we kind of go back and forth on this. Right.
6: Are yeah. we only asking for the net revenue they received, or are we asking for like a percentage of cash to net revenue?
7: We ask for actually what their collections are. So whatever they are able to realize in mm-hmm. that. Um, when the waterfall, we will usually uh, get more than just than that. We will see the work. So it will say top line, this is bill charges, and then we will see how much they actually got on that depending on the payer class and the contracts they have with those individual payers. There will be different collection ratios. It gets rolled up, and then we have the actual number. But my understanding is it's what they actually took home.
6: Hmm. But I think sort of to the point about their incentive, or whether it makes more sense for uh, for them to assign collection to us if our percentage is higher than what theirs are. i am I talking about this particular contractor, but just in general with this sort of contract, mm-hmm. um, if they're compressed. Per- PERCENTAGE COLLECTIONS ARE LOW, THEN THAT'S JUST CASH THAT WE'RE SPENDING BECAUSE THEY'RE NOT GOOD AT RECOUPING. Yeah, yeah. WHEN ANOTHER pay- ENTITY thing. IS oh, ACTUALLY yeah, RESPONSIBLE yeah, yeah. FOR PAYING yeah. them. THAT
7: IS ABSOLUTELY TRUE. And WE ARE VERY MUCH AWARE OF THAT. Um, MY UNDERSTANDING IS, AT THIS POINT IN TIME, WE ALWAYS HAVE A PREFERENCE, IF YOU WILL, STRATEGICALLY, TO DO assign SIGN billing. Um MY UNDERSTANDING HAS BEEN, AT LEAST UNTIL EPIC CAME ALONG, FOR TECHNICAL REASONS, I CANNOT QUITE UNDERSTAND, BUT THE BOTTOM LINE HAS BEEN mm-hmm. THAT in our community hospitals, such as Alameda Hospital, mm-hmm. that they haven't been equipped as easily to do a billing. At least that's the message we've heard on occasion. They have to do certain things technically to enable it. And that has been complicating for the ability to say, let's shift. Mm -hmm. Now, that, as I understand it, if that was the case, pre-EPIC, we're now post-EPIC, or we're in EPIC. So that may well be changing, and I've heard that as much from discussions I have periodically, say, with Dr. Jamaluddin. So Mm -hmm. that should change. Once it has, I fully assume that Dr. Jamaluddin, when he works with the groups on negotiations, will start to be shifting and shifting and shifting. So we will have more and more assignment. I think the goal is we've always done assignment in the core. And now that everybody is on the same playing field because of EPIC, we want to expand CORE to have everything be the CORE, and that would also be treated accordingly with this.
6: I guess just the last thing on that would be if we're going to have this kind of contract with income guarantee, it might be for us to know what their percentage collection rate is or have a standard or a minimum that we expect. I don't know, just something to think about because it...
0: So it seems like it's... Yeah, we can certainly look at, you
4: know, if there are some wild swings in uh, their collection of, um, practices or patterns uh, year over year, uh, what, what we can do about it inter-contract may be somewhat limited to uh, versus what we can do, you know, with respect to a renewal and or uh, 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 an alternative path if, if we thought that that made sense. Right, so you can do it at selection
0: and then you can do it at
4: renewal. Yeah, because the other thing that impacts their collections, obviously, is the pair mix. And that's the reason why we end up with these type of arrangements, because as we have been um, creating more systemness and actually shifting uh, patients uh, across our system uh, in this uh, context, when they came into uh, the system, they may have had a more, uh, let's say, financially favorable payer mix, a more commercial more medi- Medicare and as we're getting more medi and/or health pack because we have an obligation to care for those patients and we want them to co- uh, provide the services. Uh, one whatever rates they have with MediCal may be different than rates that we would have on a professional services side and then uh, to uh, the, the uh, health pack contract piece uh, becomes something that uh, we just have an obligation to do and we don't sort of say, well you take care of all these patients and then we'll bring in somebody else to do uh, this particular volume. So, so what what could also be impairing their collections could be if we if that mix is changing in such a way that it's that, that is actually driving down their revenue, which is the reason why we all, uh, we, we they push for and we honor in this case uh, the the uh, the guarantee. Of uh, the at least a minimum uh, uh, or a maximum, I guess, uh, 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 reimbursement so that we can... But, but the
6: percentage that we look at, and I was going to ask this question early on, our percentage of cash per compared to net revenue is based on what we expect to receive, right? P- which is different per pair, or is it just based on our charges?
4: I'm oh, sorry, no, no. Repeat no. the question for me.
6: So if we're, if we're looking at the percentage of what we collected compared to um, the net revenue... Uh-huh. Is that based on what we expect to receive from that particular payer? So it might be different for different payers, or is it just based on our a, a flat charge across all payers?
4: I think in this case, and Ira, correct me if I'm, I'm misstating this. In this case, it's not anything we've collected. We're only looking at we're looking at what we paid them as the flat payment, and sort of what that looks like relative to the uh, uh, maximum, and then. And taking what they actually collected and threw out where we fell on it and that's right. what i'm saying. this is Sometimes an all clear
3: message for cold gray,
1: correct building er mm-hmm. lobby so, triage q7 typically this is an all clear message for cold gray, correct <laughs> building er lobby triage q7 so typically whoever the provider is, charges everybody the same. Right. And then they have contracts where there's different rates for different payers, so that would cause a different percentage for every payer. Right. Um, in, in this case, well, in fact, I've seen it happen before, like um, uh, one of the contracts will not get renewed, and then all of a sudden the, the collection changes substantially for one of the payers, and that impacts this agreement. And that, you know, that's not unheard of. That does happen and happens probably more frequently in the later years than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, um, um, some of the payers are, are are doing it strategically in the sense that a, a group may not have leverage to get a good contract. And so by uh, doing this, you, they can actually shift the burden to a hospital right Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm. so um, I've seen it all I
1: think no No, that's true
2: but this group because it's anesthesiologists, and you said that they can't exist in isolation outside of a hospital so the stipend thing and things is very unique to this right we don't do that with other
7: I haven't seen income guarantees if I can recall for any other specialty but it is almost standard i wouldn't quite go as far as to say standard but i've seen it here i've seen it in so prior work say with Sutter health right I, I it is it is standard right. um, we actually until recently transitioning to in-house provision at san leandro our contract um, with them with that group also had exactly the same right. mechanism
2: Okay. So, uh, and exactly that. This is very specific to us
7: It, it is very much so, yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're captive. We are kind of in this relationship where they can't function without us. We can't function without mm-hmm. them. And there's a whole element of exceptions that go beyond just the mechanism for reimbursement that attach to that specialty as well as radiology and pathology. There are two mm-hmm. others that are embedded and they can't really Function on their own, so they have lots of special exemptions and are treated certain ways.
4: Mm-hmm. They tend to be the hospital based uh, specialties. I think sometimes, uh, depending on kind of how your organization is uh, uh, structured, emergency room doctors or ED uh, physicians fall in that too. So it's radiology, anesthesiology, mm-hmm. uh, pathology, and True. emergency. Uh, um, uh, they tend to also, if you're in a private context, be the groups who. Uh, depending on kind of how they are organized and constituted uh, could fall into these situations where either a payer has decided to not uh, discontinue a contract with them or they've decided to Mm. discontinue a contract with a payer because then they can charge uh, um, market rates. And this is where surprise medical billing comes from. Uh, With you end up in a hospital, that hospital is exclusively contracted with some anesthesiologist group. You go to have your surgery. Your plan is in network with the hospital. And with the surgeon, but not the anesthesiologist, and then you get some bill and they're like, that's not my problem, that's yours. And so we, we try because of the way that we're structured and that it's a little less in uh, California, but not uh, exclusive, because of ERISA laws and a lot of the, how the plans are set up. Uh, we try to avoid that as much mm-hmm. as possible for our patients. So.
1: Another okay. way to look at it, too, is the fact that they're working in our facilities. They're not actually out in the community driving yeah. their own yeah. business. Yeah. Right. They're really more, so much more closely aligned with us. That right. you know, these types of agreements, as, as you pointed out, are, are pretty typical. Mutual. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Any other questions?
3: I know this conversation about anesthesiology is going to put me to sleep. Uh, That was
0: predictable Uh, from our board chair. Is that a motion? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Second someone? Second. Thank you, Ross. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Our next uh, contract C two is uh, Mission Linen Supply
5: yes yeah, so, so this uh, I, I can cover both of these here uh the next uh two real quick but uh, this is if you recall back in november you may or may not recall but back in november of 2018 we we completed a retrospective review of the current provider right. for services yep. at that time we identified that it was time for us to go ahead and put a bid together and and and, and go out to the open market to make sure that we can reevaluate our, our program uh, we did so we completed that process uh, we went through a very robust um you know rfp uh, we we sent out the rfp to uh, about 14 different vendors only three responded we went through uh we leveraged those three and 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 uh you know through a comprehensive and multidisciplinary group of, of providers and and staff we went through this uh exercise of of, of grading you know the performance and the benefits of, of transitioning to this uh, you know to the, to a different provider and so uh, the selection was made to, to proceed and move forward with Mission Lennon. As you can see, and what I would highlight is that uh, over a three-year contract, there is a $3 million savings mm-hmm. uh, it, that is anticipated and expected here. So uh, when we look at that here, uh, it speaks to you know, the opportunities that we have and, and uh, the work that uh, they will continue to do and the ownership that they're taking to ensure that you know, there's proper utilization of Lennon across the facility, that mm-hmm. there is no waste, and that, you know, we're able to uh, achieve, you know, those targets and those savings. So. Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't know who the uh, incumbent was, but these are a family-owned East Bay Company, right? Mr. right. Lennon. Mission they, Lennon. Bay. I looked them up. So That's what I wanted to City. So uh, that uh, was really good to see.
0: Union City and the distribution center is located in Newark. Uh, Newark. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Valleys district. <laughs> i point that out.
3: No. We're a large
5: company, but yes. <laughs> Something we bring up at our so, next meeting. Yeah. There the mm-hmm. you go.
3: I so, love that it's local. Yeah, so we so we
5: would like to move forward with awarding this contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. i make a motion. i second that. Fully. Great. All those in favor? No, aye. aye. Perfect. The next item is regarding the MRI service. If you recall, we equally came back to this board and presented a retrospective review of the current provider. Uh, one of the things that I will say is we're continuing with the current provider, however, we're, going, we're moving forward in a very different structure. In the past, the way uh, the, the contract was, was, uh, was laid out, it was based on a per diem rate. Mm-hmm. So we paid uh, per day for the, for the unit, uh, along with the technician that operates the unit, and the support person. Irrespective of how many studies we performed so if we had no studies i still paid for that unit sitting out there doing nothing Mm -hmm. the new contract and we we renegotiated that with uh, the company Uh, now there is a shared accountability and there's skin in the game so now we pay per study so they have an incentive now to equally boost and advance the the uh, outpatient services that uh, that they can bring in and they can leverage with the system with the unit and we benefit from having that, that technology and that service available. So uh, this, is a, this was a, a big change for them. Uh, they, 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 they had a really hard time moving in that direction, but, uh, but we were very successful in, in uh, achieving that contract in, 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 this, in this fashion here. So we have a per study rate for inpatient and a per study rate for outpatient. Um, uh, which, again, I think is, is very commensurate with uh, the analysis that we did that's compared to our, our payer mix. So we looked at our our inpatient outpatient uh, studies and what we're collecting for all these services, and that was the baseline for which we used to uh, engage in those conversations and discussions. And so I think this is a very, uh, I think uh, it's a good contract. It's a much better contract than what we had, and it, it allows us to continue with these services at Alameda and San Leandro and equally holds the the contractor himself the vendor himself uh, accountable to also ensure that they have high volumes and that they're they're leveraging that technology appropriately
2: mm-hmm.
0: i want to commend staff for um, this sort of work the last two contracts uh the first contract as well but uh, particularly the last two contracts and i recall um, during the summer we had a moment where we We're trying to figure out what to do with the contract with the sheriff's department. Mm -hmm. Staff was willing and and able to get a reconsideration of the terms related to that. I just think this is very much in the spirit of asking all our stakeholders to uh, recognize that we're a system, and that we're going to have accountability to them, and they're going to need to have accountability to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our accountability in these contracts, of course, involves payment. Their accountability to us means performance. And uh, I I just think this is real progress. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of legacy in this uh, system that we're running here um, where we weren't looking at it that way. So I just want to commend staff. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I second that. Great. (laughs) Any uh, other questions regarding this particular contract? Mm Good job. Motion? I make a motion? motion that it be approved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Wonderful. Okay. Well, the, uh, let me get back to the agenda here. I think the discussion was issues. Are there, it feels to me like we have a nice, we don't have a lot of particular issues on the agenda for the future. Uh, we refer one back to uh, basically the full board, the board. board chair is going to take that back. Uh, there is the process as I understand has completed, been completed today of finishing the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the outside consulting firm to come in and work with our staff mm-hmm. um, to uh, around uh, mm-hmm. looking at our, our, our numbers and our finances and, and, and potentially doing some more work in the future with us and I don't know what where we're going to end up in process but it seems like this committee probably is a good place for them to, to come back and make some sure. reporting sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. and then maybe the full board too we determine that uh, but I, here's the question: do Are there other issues, other processes? Actually, before yeah, you please. move on, on yeah.
3: that issue, I just want to, in case any of you don't know, um, the reason that the county uh, board of supervisors pulled the 23 million off of the agenda uh, last week uh, was uh, uh, Supervisor Carson's desire to see where that that information is with that consultant, and I. I so the,
4: red, the other one, this is the board, the board-generated one, but you're talking about the M.G.O. The one that's MG. done by the Auditor-Controller.
3: No. No, my understanding is he wanted the information based on the, the work that we're on. Oh, this yeah. One. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. i yeah. the MGO. Yeah. Yeah. And and unless I'm confused and I haven't had a chance I, I to have a detailed no. conversation with him, um, <laughs> okay. it's, you know, I, I don't know how quickly we can get that information. So, do I have that wrong? Yeah. Okay, I have that wrong. Okay. Yeah.
4: Is uh, it an NGO one? That's okay, well that's good. That
0: as well.
3: makes sense. That makes sense. That solved that quickly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Otherwise, I I've been waiting for a real long time. Probably not a real long time. But, yeah. Right. Well, that was my concern. So, yeah. Okay, great. Oh, that's Thanks, great. Amy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But no, it's important to the point, though, right, I think. But right. I think well, mm-hmm. we need that NGO information to be shared with our contractor as well. So I just, mm-hmm. I really want to make sure we're creating that synergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think this is the right committee for it. Um, I, as we saw from our net negative balance projections, mm-hmm. you know, this is an ongoing conversation. It's just because we we did some, some good dancing in, you know, July and August doesn't mean we're anywhere near out of the woods yet. And Absolutely. so, um, yeah. yeah,
4: And and just so the committee's aware, uh, we, we are uh, cooperating and, and actually giving data and have done interviews with MGO as requested. There is a significant additional data left that they have, uh, they asked for a while back. We've given them some of that. There's still a lot more left on it. Uh, Kim is is trying to prioritize this and actually getting them to kind of self. Uh, manage the amount of information they've asked us for Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be able to uh, uh, meet that request in a more timely basis. Uh, We said all along that we were concerned about the uh, concurrent nature of all these different audits. Right. Actually, we have our own uh, routine mm-hmm. audit. We uh, actually have been uh, solicited information from the civil grand jury that we've been responsible to. We did the toy on stuff. We have now this going yeah. on yeah. and that. And I'm yeah. sure I'm missing something else. And, and it's the same sort of people involved in all this stuff. And right. as much as we can, we're trying to kind of leverage the same data for everyone. <coughs> the scope is uh, uh, kind of consistent. but. Um, this tethering of now the 23 million to the NGO, uh, I, I I can't tell at this point how long that's going to take for them to complete their work because it's sort of iterative. Like they get more data, then they want to talk to more people, get more clarifications, and so I I don't know when it's going to be done, and it's a bit concerning as you see because we're we're weathering you know these big periods between. Um, between big IGTs, where we are right at the limit. So so now this stuff is sort of bumping up against uh, one another, too. We will do our best. We'll continue to do that. uh, But we want to socialize and make sure you know that 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 tethering, which happened last week, also presents a challenge for us now as it relates to managing the finances. The other issue I wanted to
3: bring up is our capital. um, uh, expenditures and the and the capital uh, revenue that is expected and overdue um, from the county and the progress, if any, is being made with the GSA uh, on. On that, um, I think it should be an item on this agenda, and I think I've told the board president uh, that it needs to be an item for our next joint meeting. Thank you. Because that item was really poorly reported on at our last meeting, mm-hmm. and we just need to know where that's going. I think we're up, We're now it's up to about fourteen million, right? So it's seven million from last year and the seven million now in this fiscal year. Is that correct? So it's
4: two different things. Yeah. So those those are the dollars related to uh, the uh, strategic reserve mm-hmm. and. It would be seven. Uh, just now, the other seven doesn't trigger until the end of the year, going oh, yeah. into next year. But that's one bucket. The thing that you're talking about, that's really more germane to that, is uh, the capital cost reimbursement dollars. So right. this is it. Right. So last year was four million, this year we expect it to be roughly around eight million when it actually comes in. Um, We, part of the conditions for tied to this seven million and that whole uh, arrangement that you both agreed to was that we'd have a process for identifying how we put forward capital needs for county-owned buildings that we operate, and we're struggling to get to the end of that. In the meantime, actually, and we were going to run this through QPSC, but this committee should see it, too, we've had facility assessments because we're getting ready for our joint commission Mm -hmm. uh, survey. We're in that window and we've had some really problematic uh, um, quasi, maybe even not quasi, emergent facility-based needs that we have at John George and at Fairmont that we believe actually could also go through this process, and we just need to understand what that process is to get consideration for how to then be able to deploy these dollars to uh, make some...
5: Yeah, Fairmont, John George, and Highland and in K-Building so for operating, the operating suites. Rooms. So, yeah, so I
2: wonder... Who's are. Yeah.
0: That was a question. Could you repeat that, please?
2: So uh, I didn't know we were in the Joint Commission window for uh, We are for triennial. For triennial? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: We're getting into the. Have okay. So it certainly feels like there's uh, some major urgency here uh, with this matter. I wonder if um, we should refer. Well, you're putting a agenda together for the board. I wonder if we should get a more thorough report there because of the urgency.
3: Meaning mm. next week or two weeks? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to kill staff i mean can you do that i think uh, we, we have a lot of the information we what, so what we'd
4: be doing is is basically you giving you or a or sense of the, the where we are and that's what uh, i'm talking what about yeah, um, yeah. Just actually i think it's yeah. it's probably a useful topic for us to spend the time doing so now we have two we we were worried about the retreat agenda actually but i think now we have two good topics that are good for the board yeah i will, I will uh, just share
5: just just uh, again just to make sure so i mean we've been we've been pushing this issue for some time, and, yeah, and sure. uh, there, there's been <laughs> very, little, very, very little in return, uh, but uh, but most recently I, I did have a meeting with the director of GSA uh, where we were resurfacing this issue, and one of the things that they've been focusing on is they themselves are conducting a facilities condition assessment of all county-owned properties. And so they shared with me a very, very, very high level, it was like a stratosphere level uh, uh, you know, summary that really was not very useful because it you know it just referenced facilities as FL 17205. I don't know what the hell that is, but it, it, so so it and it gives you all these numbers and so it's just uh really not very useful and so we had a conversation i said well can i look at the reports i want to review these fcas and i want to see how i can then reconcile and see what was identified by your consultant as far as the priorities for the systems and for the infrastructure in the buildings compared to what i know from an operational perspective what we need to continue to support you know our operations in those facilities well we can't give that to you yet and i said well why not well because county council is looking at that okay so that's, that's just, you know, really that was the extent of the conversation. So I've been, I, I, you know, we, we had some action items. I've responded back to them. I equally reminded them of this, uh, you know, this commitment that was made, this agreement. I shared with them a copy of the executed agreement mm-hmm. that talks about how they need to reinvest those dollars. You know the plan is for the county to reinvest those dollars into the county owned facilities uh, specifically that AHS operates and and because uh, you know he kind of seemed to not recall that and so I shared that uh, that signed agreement with him and so trying to continue that dialogue but it, it really is uh, very very challenging stuff
4: what I can offer is uh, just so just as an opportunity I uh, say in the spirit of, of collegiality we could ask if we could have some form of a joint presentation or at least a, a a an airing uh so that you know we don't want to speak for anyone else uh, about what might be the perspective on what this looks like uh, from a different vantage point so we're going to at least ask to see if they'd be willing to kind of round out the picture for you here uh with us and see if that's something we can do for you hmm. okay yeah at least ask?
3: that'd be great
0: yeah i think that's I think the, uh, the objective needs to be being accountable to each other, sure. uh, and I, I sense that we're not <coughs> working that way right now, so let's, let's figure out if we can develop a process that creates some of that accountability. Okay. We need to talk to our friends at the county as well. Um, other items for tracking in the future? So, yeah, Mr. Chairs, as we've discussed, you know, I think at some point I'll can probably figure out in the next uh, couple of weeks of a specific timeline, but revisiting the Signature Authority policy and determining whether or not there are modifications that make sense at this point given how things operate, how this committee operates, so. And you're speaking specifically as a contract Signature Authority? Yes. 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 So yes, we can add that to uh, the issue
2: tracking. When is the last time we have had something from the foundation saying how their fundraising for us is going? Uh, <laughs> you know, with
4: the epic. Is Deva still here? and she Oh, she laughed. It's been uh, more year. It's been yeah. We so we we did a three-year contract. We're in the second in the year of yes. the three-year contract. I mm-hmm. think that was, you got an update right around the contract renewal, so it's been a little over a year, about oh, a year so and a half. That makes so sense. So maybe time to yeah. see uh,
2: how, uh, how yeah, the foundation yeah. is supporting it. I can tell you, <laughs>
4: we got some work to do. I mean, they, they did well over the last year, where just about $2 million, uh, but that's kind of consistent with the pattern. We are actually uh, in the middle of two big campaigns, one uh, one medium size for San Leandro and the other for the EHR and right. for the EHR when that's, you know, on the budget, yeah. and we need to raise $14 million. And uh, let me just say we're nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. I co-chair that committee, so I, I, I feel very accountable there. Uh, uh, but it would be nice. We could we could have Deborah come in and
0: behalf <coughs> of the commission. Okay. OK? OK. We'll okay. add that on the tracking list and let her know. Yeah, maybe the next <coughs> check-in on the committee agenda we can talk yeah about. i think it, we'll see so. even,
4: yeah the other things tracking committee but also board reports I, is what i i, well, gather, I think
0: it would be nice yeah that makes sense yeah. okay
3: yeah. and then last thing just um i don't know where we left it but it, a, a vision update I and mean, we were oh, so excited yeah, that's by what right. we got from you back in june or july what do you recommend as far as showing <coughs> i mean i know you're waiting on epic so this may be really premature okay. I mean, Sapphire, you're waiting on Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, when does it make sense to come back and kind of show?
5: Uh, yeah, <coughs> I, 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 I think so. I, 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 would, I, would, I would recommend that we would look at something towards the latter part of the fiscal year.
3: Yeah.
5: Uh, that allows us to be on EPIC for several months. If you recall, some, some of the uh, features of the system were, 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 were dependent on right. uh, us going live with EPIC. And then that would give us an opportunity to collect some data for at least a quarter so let's
0: um, put that on the. Yeah, so I'll, I'll we'll, put,
5: we'll make it. Yeah. yeah.
4: We'll work for
0: self. Yeah. Okay.
4: Okay. Or a TBD yeah. date. And then yeah. Come back
5: and. Well, we'll, it yeah, we'll we'll look at something. And I'll we'll come up with a date. And I'll I'll work with Helen and 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 Tim beer and the team, and we'll we'll identify what's the best date.
3: Perfect. Not to be totally annoying, but I'm just going to be there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know we have an ad hoc group. Uh, hopefully, getting calendared. Meet with Alameda Healthcare District? Thank you. Yes, yes. Huh?
2: Yeah. On the 21st. The 21st. Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. They're all over. Excellent. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we're and you've got a contractor on board, and you know, so I, I don't know if that's a standing item or, 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 or if it needs to be, but I just feel like we should be, you know, not trying to give you more work, but I just want to make sure that we're focused on not yeah, just that's the work. other I mean I yeah. think that's the
0: other half of capital right there's a uh, progress towards work okay. um, and sure. that that should be ongoing but let's put it on our issues yeah. list as yeah. a way to, to sequence yeah. it and have yeah.
3: yeah, no, specific no, no reports I'm just yeah, going to make sure that we're but you mean
4: specifically in this context, because I know that the, the ad hoc out. group is looking at sort of broader context. In this right. case, you're talking about the project itself. Correct. Correct. In this committee, you talk about the project. The ad hoc maybe updating uh, the board on the broader sort of collaborative effort around this.
3: I expect the ad hoc to do that. I'm okay. just thinking on this project. Like I don't know when construction begins, but if you're going to kind of give us some progress benchmarks support. and some progress reports, I think that I might be a
0: lot going.
3: And it can be quick. Sure, I can do that. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's why I just wanted to. Be known that we're paying attention. Yeah, oh, we are yeah. paying a lot. That of attention. you are.
0: Thank you. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> any other comments from trustees other than our chair? No, just kidding. <laughs> 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 all, all worthwhile. Oh my God, fifteen! Minutes. I think we're there. Yeah, wow, fifteen minutes. Wow, we're done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you.